Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, folks. Glad that you could join us. We've got two really exciting and fun guests that we're going to be talking about uh, programs they've got going on in Denver. Uh, I love Colorado. Who doesn't love Colorado? Uh, for the beauty, the natural landscapes, but also for their commitment to going green. And there are a lot of organizations in that area, in the state of Colorado and in the city of Denver, who are really concerned about living an eco-friendly life. And our guests are no exception. Julie Connor and Stephanie Fry are with an organization called Groundwork Denver, and they have some really cutting-edge programs. And what's great about what you're about to learn from them is that these programs can be replicated wherever you live. We have listeners from sea to shining sea here in the U.S. and overseas as well. And what you're about to learn is something that you could absolutely take into your own community, and that's what I love about it. They have a new program that they just launched in the fall called Take Charge Student Energy Education and Action. And what they're doing is taking high school and college students and readying them to go out into their communities and educate people about energy efficiency, renewable energy, and green jobs. It's a fantastic program, and I'm excited to hear more about it. So welcome to Go Green Radio, Stephanie and Julie. How are you this morning? Good. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, let's start right off with a question for Stephanie. Um, Tell us about this new program, Take Charge, Student Energy Education in Action. Well, Take Charge uh, is funded through the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act dollars. Um, and this specific initiative that we're working on is sponsored by the Colorado Department of Labor and Employment through a state energy sector partnership grant. So we have a lot of support from the government on this project. And Take Charge is really for students to create change in the way Colorado residents think about energy and the way they use energy in their own homes. And we are also working to inspire students to explore green careers. And our objective uh, for this project is really twofold. Um, We're conducting presentations to youth who are interested in these issues and to adults in communities in order to educate them about energy efficiency, renewable energy, and green jobs. And... The second objective is to organize communities to come together for a day of service where they actually go and knock on the doors of their neighbors and extend our message to members within their own communities. Uh, And Groundwork Denver conducts outreach in communities through the entire state of Colorado. 
And when we're working with these communities, we can present our trainings through a variety of outlets um, based on the needs of the students, the staff, and the parents and the other community members. I know you've set some goals, Stephanie, about how many communities you'll be reaching over the next couple of years. What are your goals in terms of numbers of communities? Um, Well, we will be reaching out to between 20 and 30 communities, and we really want to want to reach a variety of communities. So we do have several rural communities that we'll be reaching out to and also several urban communities in the front range of Colorado. How exciting. We're going to have to have you back on periodically to tell us how it's going because I know this is we're getting you at at the genesis of this program. It's Mm -hmm. just basically started. So we're going to have to have you back to hear how it goes. Now, Julie, you're a program director. How does this new program, Take Charge, fit into the broader purpose of the parent organization, which is Groundwork Denver? Well, of course, I've got to start with our mission statement. So our mission mm-hmm. statement is Groundwork Denver's mission is to bring about the sustained improvement of the physical environment and promote health and well-being through community-based partnerships and action. And the Take Charge project fits very nicely within our mission. It educates students on ways to reduce energy use, And reduced energy use, um, at least at this point in time, means an improved physical environment and sometimes very close to home. So especially here in Denver, um, where there are three fossil fuel-powered power plants within 10 miles of each other, um, in implementing Take Charge, we're reaching out to schools and community organizations through our community partnerships And this then involves a wide range of community members in affecting change rather than just utilizing a top-down approach like legislating change or making changes behind the scenes. And um, using what I call our sneakers on the sidewalk approach rather than Mm -hmm. boots on the ground, um, we uh, the Take Charge project like our Porch Bowl project and our Strive to Not Drive project is Community Action Environmental Results which is our tagline. Love it. I really like that, Julie. And you touched on something that I have mentioned on Go Green Radio repeatedly, but sometimes it takes the explanation of somebody else to really help it hit home. When you say, hey, if we can get people to be more energy efficient, reduce their consumption of energy, it can mean an actual benefit in the physical surroundings. And you're talking about reducing energy, where you live near a fossil fuel-fired plant. Give us some idea of that connection between reducing energy consumption and environmental improvements when you live near a plant like that. Well, as I said, we've got 10 fossil fuel-powered power plants. Um, I mean, we've got three, (laughs) three within about a 10-mile radius, Uh and two of them are coal-fired and one is natural gas. And, of course, there's um, fewer emissions from a natural gas power plant, but sure. it's still it's still not zero. And um, the Denver area uh, has suffered from um, the the children in the Denver area have higher rates of respiratory illnesses. Mm-hmm. And um, is it a direct relation of the CO2 emissions? Is it a direct relation of the the dry air, or is there some other um, environmental pollutant? I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. Um, but it seems to me like there is a direct correlation between improving the air quality and and improving, um, potentially improving respiratory health. 
And Me too. Um, it seems so, so simple. And that's something that I, I have a child. One of my three children has asthma. I talk about this all the time. It only makes common sense, and I'm sure there's science to back it up, but we know what kind of emissions come out of coal plants. And if we use those coal plants less, whether it's through renewable energy sources or whether it's through you know reducing our energy consumption, that means less air emission they're belching out, and that's got to improve the air quality uh, for sure. So I appreciate you making that connection. Stephanie, you know, how do you get high school students interested in Take Charge, and how do you, how do you think you're going to keep them interested? I mean, I, I just finished sending a high school student to college this year. I've got an up-and-coming high school student next year. And besides video games and, you know, pizza parties with their friends, it's hard to get them stoked about anything. How do you get them stoked about take charge? (laughs) Well, I found that students, especially in Colorado, are passionate about the environment, and and they really are concerned about where things are going in the future. And I've also found that in Colorado, students are are pretty educated about environmental issues, and they understand why it's important to conserve. Um, The thing I found is that they don't really understand exactly what they can do about energy issues that we're facing. And basically, Julie and I are there to show them that it's quite simple to make a difference. What I've learned is uh, we need to, they need to understand that it's not all or nothing. Students can pick one thing, like biking to school, and they can stick with that. And we provide them with the knowledge to understand that they're making a difference through simple actions like that. Uh, we also provide them with resources to be able to quantify their impact. Uh, when they know that they're able to make a difference, then they can calculate how they're making a difference. And I think when they understand that, they feel very proud of themselves. And I find that that's really what hooks them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also tell us using... more about how you do that, because I think you said a mouthful there. I think you know, being able to quantify and get your head around the results of your work is important to everybody. So how do you do that with these students? How do they quantify it? um, Well, there are a lot of different technologies online. Um, There are carbon calculators that are provided through social networking sites and blogs and things like that. So we connect them with those types of resources. Uh, I love it. We also give them eight tips that actually show them um, what happens when they reduce emissions. Uh, or reduce their energy consumption. So looking at utility bills and case studies and seeing the before and after um, for specific tasks and um, by looking at their their gas consumption. If they're not driving a car back and forth and they're, they're riding their bikes, we show them that, you know, there's a difference that's being made there. Yeah, that it matters. You know, and this is something that, I don't, you know, I, I don't disagree with at all because actually this has been a cornerstone of my nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative, from the very beginning as we were helping to coach schools to create recycling programs and waste reduction programs. We gave them a really simple way of quantifying their waste diversion and then an easy online form for them to fill it in every quarter. And what we did with those numbers was that, you know, we have a really powerful database on the back of 
back end of our website, and we'd collate those numbers, feed them through an EPA um, environmental benefits calculator so that we could report back to the schools, you know, maybe you were only able to recycle, you know, 200 pounds of paper, but together with other Go Green Initiative schools, we recycled much more, and here's how many uh, barrels of oil we saved, here's how many gallons of water we saved, here's how much greenhouse gas emission did not go into the atmosphere as a result of all of our collective efforts. And I do believe that's what keeps people motivated because sometimes you might feel like, well, we're a small community and maybe there's only so much I can do as an individual. But when you give them those collective numbers, I think that's really powerful. So I I am so excited to hear you say that's how you're measuring. Now, Julie, as a program director, how are you measuring the success of Take Charge? Well, of course we have numbers we have to reach to meet the terms of the contract. So over the two years, uh, 1,050 student energy ambassadors will be trained, and then um, uh, 15,000 other student-aged youth and 21,000 adults will be informed. informed. Um, But aside from the terms of the contract, if we can get students to think about energy, um, it'll be a success. And what I mean by that is there are millions of tiny decisions we're all making every day about how we use energy, which are typically invisible. And so we have no solid concept just how much energy we're individually using. And this level of energy use is directly responsible for polluted air, destroyed environments, and gargantuan monopolies that in some cases are in control of our very existence. And this is all without giving it a second thought because these choices have become invisible. So if we can work on getting this upcoming generation to think differently or or just think about mundane things like those ubiquitous little red or green indicator lights, then perhaps the more obvious energy efficiency actions, such as installing insulation or riding a bike or installing CFL or LED bulbs, will be beyond having to be discussed. Wow. Julie, that was amazing. I love what you just said there. In fact, we should maybe uh, embolden that in some kind of uh, plaque or something because what you just said there was so powerful about how our individual actions, if we're just made aware of their impact, um, how powerful that information and that education can be. Uh, We've got to take a quick commercial break, folks, but we've got much more with Julie and Stephanie from Groundwork Denver. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are talking with Julie Connor and Stephanie Fry from Groundwork Denver, and they are doing uh, some really great work. We're focusing right now on a brand-new program they have called Take Charge, uh, where they are engaging with high school and college students to help them become basically student energy ambassadors, and they're going around in communities um, educating their neighbors about ways that they can be energy efficient, ways that they can reduce their energy consumption, and maybe most importantly, what's in it for them, the human health benefits and the the benefits to our environment. Um, If people are more conscious about what kind of energy consumption they've got going on in their personal lives. So I really love what they're doing. Stephanie, you're creating student energy ambassadors who are going to go out in their community. They're going to educate people on energy efficiency, renewable energy, and green jobs. What kind of curriculum or instructional materials are you using in order to teach these kids about those three subjects? And how do you know when their understanding is high enough to turn them loose to talk to their neighbors? Yeah, when we present our training to students, uh, we present it as something that fits within their spheres of influence. So we focus on what they can do to make a difference as individuals, Uh, whether it's picking one thing, whether it's talking to their neighbor, or whether it's installing every single energy conservation measure that they can think of. So we review all the different types of energy conservation measures. Uh, in two different trainings. And these students are required to attend one training, which is called our Take Charge training. And this is where we review exactly what energy efficiency is. And we talk about how they use energy within their own homes in order to make it relevant. And then we also review all the different types of renewable energy technologies. And we specifically focus on the 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 renewable energy technologies with the highest potentials within their own communities. 
And then we talk to them a little bit about exactly what a green job is and all the different types of areas they can study to get into a green job. And you know, tell us more about that, Stephanie. I don't mean to interrupt, but oh, you know, no problem. green jobs, you know, that term has been sort of bantered about in a lot of different contexts. What do you tell the students a green job is and, and how they can get one? Well, I, I like to tell students that any job can be a green job. Hopefully my job is a green job because people will go out there and reduce their energy consumption because of what I'm doing as far as outreach in the community. I also like to tell them about my family. Um, my brother's a solar chemist, so he works in a lab on developing solar cells. I have another brother who is an industrial engineer, and he works on working, works with factories on, you know, implementing more energy efficient operations. And then I have a sister who works for a, a landscape design company, and many of their projects focus on uh, integrating uh, bike paths and um, more pedestrian friendly systems. Uh, within urban communities. So I, I described to them a lot of the different types of jobs that, that have existed for hundreds of years that are now uh, focused on reducing CO2 emissions. Wow, your parents really did something right, Stephanie. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All those brothers and sisters who are doing things that truly will help the environment. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, Back to what we were talking about before, how do you know when a student is ready to go knock on doors? Well, we, we do a second training, and this is called our porch bulb training. And this is where we actually talk to the students about different things they can talk with their communities about. We provide them with materials regarding the local weatherization assistance program, which provides up to $6,500 worth of services to those who are income qualified. Uh, we we teach them about the low to no cost recycling services in the neighborhood that they'll be going out to, and we also talk to them about what a CFL is, and we actually send them out into the neighborhoods to change people's porch bulbs uh, from an incandescent bulb to a CFL bulb, and we also do some logistical training. You know, we give them maps and talk to them about which doors they're going to knock on and how to track what information that they're giving out to people in the neighborhood. So there is some logistical you know, volunteer-based training as well. Nice. That's very comprehensive. Uh, that, that's great stuff, Stephanie. Good formula for success. Great. Now, Julie, I was reading about the history of Groundwork Denver on your website, and it sounds as though environmental justice is a cornerstone of your organization. Tell our listeners more about the founding principles and goals of Groundwork Denver and how that shapes the programs you deliver. Well, the whole ball got rolling back in 19, uh, back in 2002, 2001, because of a study of Denver that indicated that although Denver is known for its parks and streetscapes and spectacular vistas, um, particularly today, there were neighborhoods that didn't have the same level of access to amenities as other neighborhoods. And Groundwork Denver could fill the niche of engaging residents to implement real, tangible, neighborhood-based projects that improve the physical environment. Now, in action, on a day-to-day -day basis, we achieve those founding principles by generally focusing our work in neighborhoods that aren't the typical go-to locations for other environmental groups 
And we specifically reach out to populations with environmental opportunities, such as solar PV installation training, um, just as an example, um, who probably aren't card-carrying members of Greenpeace or Earth, Earth First or um, may, may not even consider themselves environmentally inclined. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what's really cool about that is, you're right, There there is a ready-made population of people who just care about the environment, send money to the World Wildlife Fund every time they get a postcard with a picture of a polar bear on it. But it's really the folks in some of the economically challenged areas who aren't going to be able to come up with the capital to, you know, completely renovate their homes to, you know, be powered solely by solar, but they could actually save some money on their monthly utility bills, even just by being taught some simple weatherization and energy efficient, uh, energy efficiency programs. And so I love that your focus is on those folks. I think that's really great. Stephanie, in reading your bio, um, it sounds like you've got a lot of experience in leading community outreach efforts. And a lot of our listeners would like to do that kind of stuff. They'd like to conduct community education and outreach programs, but they really don't know the key steps in creating a successful event. Can you share some of your methods for effective community organizing? That that term's really gotten popular these days, community organizing. How do you do it? Um, Well, I feel that I have a a lot of excitement. I have a lot of passion for this industry. Um, And I've also been really lucky to have a lot of mentors in the past few years that have really equipped me with the knowledge to create impact. So the first thing I do is I always advise students and adults who are interested in this industry to find mentors and local champions within their own communities and talk to them about how they've done it in the past. Um, But the first thing I do is I I talk to the people. Um, I conduct stakeholder consultations because I think it's always important to know exactly what's going on in the community from the community member perspective. Uh, I think the last thing you want to do is be pretentious enough to think you can just run studies by doing Google Google searches and identify the needs of, of community through really surface research methods. So I, I, I think it's just very important to get in there and talk to the communities. When I worked in Ohio on an environmental project, we actually conducted need campuses where we went door-to-door and tried to figure out what people need and needed and what their concerns were in this specific community that was facing issues because of a local factory's emissions. And then from that, we created a solution canvas where we went door-to-door um, identifying different solutions for all the problems that were happening within that neighborhood. And I think Groundwork Denver does it right by conducting various stakeholder consultations with a good sample of community members before we actually go in there and start doing the work. Um, Once we identify the need, then it's really all about creating visibility and managing the logistics behind organizing community. Um, It's really about planning, planning, planning. Uh, we, do, we do a lot of work identifying the, the local resources, talking to the recycling companies, the local weatherization agencies funded through the governor's energy office. And, and then we spend days um, looking at the, the income levels of the different communities in the different neighborhoods within those communities to identify which communities are really the neediest and and which communities really want to hear about these services and need to hear about these services. But um, what it all comes down to for me is is passion for the issue and and 
the comfort level I have with the information that I'm presenting. I, I love canvassing. Uh, all my best friends are people I've met through canvassing, and I believe passionately in, in the need for energy efficiency and renewable energy in Colorado, and, and that combination seems to do the trick for me when I'm looking to conduct successful community organization. Well, I think that's terrific, and I think that uh, a lot of folks could learn from what you just said, the planning piece, the research piece, and, and what, a, what a great <laughs> kernel of advice to say, Ask people what they need. Don't assume that you know. And uh, though that sounds so simple, it's profound because, as you and I both know, sometimes that's the piece that gets left out. Uh, people come in who want to help and uh, want to get involved, and they think they know what the community is is in greatest need for, and uh, that's not always the case. And I, I like that you listen first, and then you act. I think that's a really profound piece of advice. Well, folks, we've got to take a quick commercial break, but we are going to be back with Julie and Stephanie from Groundwork Denver, so don't go away. More Go Green Radio right after this. voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I want to give a big shout-out to all my tweets who are tweeting me right now. You guys are awesome. I also want to give a shout-out to everybody who's a member of our Go Green Face Space. You guys have been putting up some great information. I know that a lot of you are listening. If you'd like to join in, here's how you do it. It's super easy. Go to the homepage of my website, which is gogreeninitiative.org. And that is sort of like the epicenter of everything we do. There you can find our Twitter handle, our Facebook, our Flickr, our YouTube account. We've got a whole channel of Go Green videos, which is really fun, and all of our radio podcasts from previous radio um, episodes. So check us out there at gogreeninitiative.org. Another website I want you guys to check out is groundworkdenver.org. We're talking with Julie Connor and Stephanie Fry from Groundwork Denver. And the really cool thing about Groundwork Denver is that they're actually, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but they're affiliated with a larger organization called Groundwork USA. So what does that mean to you, listener in Kentucky or listener in Illinois or Massachusetts or wherever you may be? It means that you could have a Groundwork USA affiliate in your hometown and you could be replicating the awesome projects that we're talking about today with Julie and Stephanie. So if you're thinking, wow, I love what they do, guess what? You can do it in your community as well. Julie, I was looking at your website, and you have a tab called Sustainable Communities, and I read the following. I'm going to read this from the website. Low-income communities and communities of color often experience negative environmental impacts more directly than the community as a whole. In addition to living with the negative environmental health impacts in urban blight, these residents often have less access to green space, clean air, and positive environmental experiences. Now, I think some of our listeners may be familiar with these types of scenarios in U.S. urban centers, but a lot of us don't think of Denver as the kind of city where these types of things are going on. So educate us on urban blight situations in Denver and how your organization is addressing that. Well, just like any city, Denver has areas that historically receive less resource investment, such as parks, sidewalks, libraries, and, and new developments, um, and new developments bring with them often um, required amenity investments. Um, and But in addition to that, some Denver neighborhoods have specific environmental issues above and beyond equitable resource distribution. So, for example, um, several Denver neighborhoods have highways and wide swaths of train tracks cutting through them. And this creates the negative environmental conditions that come from highways and, and train tracks. And then it also isolates them from public amenities. And in addition to this, there, there are five entire neighborhoods that have been Superfund sites um, as a result of historic smelting operations. So these negative situations are incredibly difficult to do anything about once they're established. Um, Julie, I hate many to neighborhoods you know what? To be adjacent. I know that some people don't know what a Superfund site is, and that's an important point. Could you just give us the definition of a Superfund site and talk about you know, what a brownfield is and then go back to what you were going to mention? Well, the Superfund sites were um, their locations that have um, vast amounts of pollution that um, need millions and millions of dollars of environmental remediation to bring them back to 
um, a quote-unquote clean level. Mm-hmm. Um, and the smelting operations, um, smelting was a, a process of melting down um, minerals that have been extracted um, in, in used in, in industry and things like that. And the, the neighborhoods that were Superfund sites, um, the smelting operations on them had lead and arsenic and cadmium in the, in the, in the land. And you have five of those in Denver? Yeah, Globeville, Elyria, Swansea, Cole, and Clayton. And wow. that, those were entire neighborhoods that were deemed as Superfund sites. We also have spot Superfund sites in different neighborhoods. Wow. Now, I interrupted you, and I apologize. So go back to talking about how Groundwork Denver is working to, you know, improve those areas. Well, as I was saying, it's incredibly difficult to do anything about these. Um, I mean, the Superfund sites obviously can, can be remediated. It, it, takes, it takes years. Um, it takes a lot of money. But the highways and the train tracks, they're going to continue. They're very difficult to do anything about. And so you've got residential and small residential neighborhoods that are living right next to huge volumes of traffic, um, pollution from long daily coal trains. I mean, we have very long coal trains that go through Denver every single day. Um, we still have heavy industry, and then those three power plants that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so although the work that we do doesn't remove these problems, um, focusing on reducing the demand for energy certainly can mitigate these problems. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's great that you have an organization like you do to give people a place to go to, to volunteer. And you have a lot of ways for people to actually get involved, right? We do. We do. They can... We always need help around the office because we we do so much canvassing. We have so many materials that are always in flux. Either we're putting things together or we're doing data entry from a previous canvas. And then, of course, we need help. We always need help with people that want to go door to door, talking to their neighbors and telling them about the resources that are available. Well, and I just want to mention to our listeners, if you happen to be in Denver or you happen to be passing through and you want to spend a couple of hours getting involved. All you have to do is go to the website, groundworkdenver.org, and there's a tab called Get Involved. So do it. It's an awesome experience, I'm sure. Stephanie, you know, you guys have set a very aggressive goal to engage 20 to 30 communities with your program, Take Charge. And over the next couple of years, I know you'll get there, and I'm excited to hear how that goes. But I imagine that it takes a lot of partnerships and a lot of collaboration. Um, if we have listeners out there who want to make this program a success, what can they do? What is it that you need the most? Well, like Julie mentioned, we definitely need volunteers in communities throughout the entire state of Colorado. Uh, we certainly want a lot of support from the schools, uh, teachers, students, volunteer groups, environmental organizations. Uh, we've identified several church groups that are actually very interested in helping us out. Um, many of the, the local government officials have actually come to us offering their help in the different communities that we're going to. Um, other nonprofit organizations in the local communities could help identify members of their network who would like to get interested in this project within their community. So. Um, we're we're just looking for folks who want to help us create awareness and connect us with the youth who who would be interested 
in being a part of community organization. Uh, we also are looking for resources from local businesses. When we worked in Pueblo, we, we were fortunate enough to have Black Hills Energy, which is the local utility, provide us with um, hundreds of CFL bulbs to offer to the residents. They provided food for the volunteers. And uh, they also provided us with flyers about their low-income assistance program. And about 17 volunteers from Black Hills had also offered to attend our outreach event. So we've been really lucky in, in those communities in that capacity. Uh, Pueblo Community College um, brought 40 of their student volunteers from a high school program that we have. And, and the local paper really helped us increase our visibility in Pueblo since it was the first time we had worked in that community. So we're looking for those types of contributions as well to help create visibility and provide us with the resources we need to be able to make the impacts in those communities. Oh, that's great. I mean, I love the way that you've got a broad variety of different groups who are getting involved. That's fantastic. And what's more, that is sustainable. I mean, when you get that many different types of stakeholder groups involved, then you've got a program that can keep going and keep, you know, feeding on that community interest. I, I really like that. Now, Julia, I have to ask, why did your organization choose energy? as the topic for this new program? I mean, um, why not water or climate change or some other environmental hot topic? What was it that made energy the front burner issue? Well, as I said earlier, um, millions of invisible energy decisions are made by people every day, and it is the driving force behind the vast amounts of environmental degradation that we're experiencing. Uh, Air pollution, water pollution, weirding weather, um, increasing waistlines, which is not an external environmental problem, but an internal environmental problem, and climate change. Climate change is a direct result of our energy decisions, and that's why our climate change projects almost entirely focus on energy use reduction. Um, and in some ways, it's sincerely frustrating to try to address systemic problems at the individual level, um, in, in no small part because it means that hundreds of millions of people of individuals are the problem, but that's also the opportunity. Every single one of those hundreds of millions can be part of the solution. Um, it's, it's, of course, a challenge to focus on individual decisions and habits. Um, people are resistant to being told what to do. They have misconceptions and misunderstandings about how much a problem individual decisions are, um, and it takes a lot of time to build trust and convey the correct information. And then after all that, all that work comes down to one person doing something differently. And, you know, I looked at myself as an example, and sometimes I'm too lazy to lean over and switch off the power strip, or I don't feel like putting on all those layers and biking to work, or I get distracted by count granite countertops rather than focusing on getting blown cellulose in the attic, which I'm not even going to see. But recognizing those individual foibles and then working with them or around them is what we at Groundwork Denver excel at. It's that ground-level, face-to-face work that in the aggregate has huge impacts, um, like a million people making better little energy decisions that saves a power plant or two's worth of energy. You know what I love about what you just said, Julie, is it is a message and a mission that's so full of hope. In years past, sometimes I've been disappointed in environmental groups who went straight to public policy, and it almost felt like they didn't trust their fellow man and woman to make good decisions, so they had to 
mandate, regulate, and legislate everybody's behavior. And yes, there is a role for public policy. But what I love about what you're doing is you're sending a message that I believe in you, neighbor. I think that if you know the reasons why these choices are better, you're going to make that choice, even when nobody's looking. So I love what you're doing, and I love the, the message behind it, which is together we really can take charge of tomorrow. I, I just think it's terrific. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we'll have more with Julie and Stephanie from Groundwork Denver. In the meantime, check out their website, groundworkdenver.org. You're going to love it. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? or 14%. Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Interstate Sportsman Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to go green radio with your host jill buck jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show so call us toll free at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 write to us too save some trees and send us an email to go green radio at gmail.com that's go green radio at gmail.com now back to go green radio with your host jill buck Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are talking with Julie Connor and Stephanie Fry of Groundwork Denver. Their website is groundworkdenver.org. Check it out. You're going to love it. Stephanie, you are, you know, the, the woman behind the scenes with Take Charge, this new program for high school students and college students. And I'm just wondering how much you work with local schools in order to find the kids that will ultimately be a part of the program. 
Yeah, we we definitely work quite a bit with the local schools. Uh, Just yesterday, um, in working with Denver, I met with uh, the Denver Public Schools Sustainability Department, uh, Bruce Randolph High School and Denver East High School, and also with uh, CEC, which is a career and technical school, and also met with a teacher from a new middle school that's opening up called the Green School. And together we talked about how to educate and engage students in Denver, and we're coming up with some really wonderful ideas, including the integration of energy and science curriculum and coordinating energy reduction competitions among all the Denver public high schools. And we're having meetings like this with schools from all the communities we'll be serving in the state. So we really rely heavily on the schools to uh, participate, uh, whether it's the administrative staff or the teachers, um, because they're really the ones who are going to connect us with the students. And we're also working with many of the colleges uh, in Denver. We're working with students from University of Colorado, Metropolitan State College, and Community College of Denver. And those students are actually helping us to conduct presentations and engage middle school and high school students as well. Nice. That's terrific, Stephanie. I mean, um, that that's really fantastic. I hope that you will uh, take a camera around and snap some photos and maybe even take some videos and put them up on YouTube and show us how all this is happening because I would just, I'd love to be a fly on the wall to see how all this is going down. I'm going to put a bug in your ear because there is a a friend of mine who lives in Denver and you guys are probably too young to remember this band. They were huge in the 70s uh, called Firefall and he's actually the, the leader of that band. He wrote a song a couple of years ago called Walk More Softly, and uh, it was actually the theme song in 2008 for the Go Green Initiative, you know, my organization's for our Earth Summit. He lives in Denver, and I'll connect you guys, but it may end up being a, a great song for you guys to uh, to incorporate somehow. It's Walk More Softly on the Earth. It's really cool. Um, Julie, you guys are a part of something bigger than just what's going on in Denver. Groundwork Denver is a local affiliate of a larger organization called Groundwork USA. Tell our listeners more about that organization and how it benefits Denver to be affiliated with the larger Groundwork USA organization. Well, Groundwork was actually started in the United Kingdom, where there are over 40 independent Groundwork organizations in addition to the 19 that are here in the United States. And Groundwork USA's role is to assist in national partnership building and fundraising, um, such as working with the National Park Service or um, national foundations. And then Groundwork USA also provides support for the establishment of of new groundwork organizations. So for your listeners that don't have a groundwork already in their community and they want to start one up, contact Groundwork USA. Um, And so currently Groundwork Denver is working with Groundwork USA to define and develop some national programs and some national promotion. And in fact, this year, Groundwork Denver is going to be hosting um, the annual Groundwork USA Summit, which is going to give us an opportunity to um, take the youth from the Groundworks green teams from across the nation to our um, amazing gem of a national park, Rocky Mountain National Park. So we're looking forward to that. That's so cool. Wow. When is that going to take place? That's going to be in September. Wow, I may have to jet on out there and and check it out. That sounds really cool. You have an open invitation. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Stephanie, what do you want our listeners to know about what you've got planned for the Take Charge program in the next 6 to 12 months? Well, there's quite a bit going on through 2011. Uh, I'm just 
I'm very honored to be working side by side with an amazing staff and volunteer crew. And I, I know it's cheesy, but I've really never met a group of people who've been so motivated by passion and the need for change. So the best things I have to look forward to are genuine and meaningful results created by hardworking people. Uh, as far as programmatic results, we have a lot going on, too. As you mentioned before, we have 20 to 30 communities we are tasked to reach out to over two years, and, and we're striving to reach at least half of those communities in 2011. And so far, we have organized the communities of Denver, Englewood, and Pueblo in Colorado, and in the coming months, we'll be working in Durango, Fort Collins, Colorado Springs, Glenwood Springs, Carbondale, Golden, Littleton, Edgewater, Alamosa, Gunnison, and Grand Junction. So for, for those folks who know Colorado and live in Colorado, those are a, a, a wide variety of communities that we'll be reaching out to in the next year. And in February alone, we have about four student trainings scheduled and, and one very large community outreach event scheduled to take place in the Baker District of Denver. So... And for up-to-date information about what's going on in these, these communities, we'll be posting um, CO2 reduction uh, statistics from our project and also the number of community members we've reached in uh, dollars saved on utility bills. And folks can go to takechargecolorado.blogspot.com where we'll be posting events, student stories, and all other information regarding the project. And those YouTube videos that you suggested will be posted there as well. So, again, that's awesome. takechargecolorado.blogspot.com. Very cool. Now, when you say a big outreach event, like, give us some idea of how big is big. Uh, well, in the Baker District, we're planning on, pretend, well, let's say on MLK Day we did uh, an outreach event with a hundred people uh, reaching out to one whole neighborhood within Denver, and our neighborhoods are pretty large here. Uh, and cool. we reached two thousand homes within that community outreach event, um, replacing wow. porch bulbs for the residents in that community. So, um, just one day of service can have such a huge impact on the communities that we're serving. I'll say. That's impressive. Really. Congratulations, Stephanie. That's fantastic. Thank you. Well, Julie, in the couple minutes that we have left before we have to go for this episode of Go Green Radio, what are some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Pick something. Pick one thing and take action. Um, maybe it's as minimal as driving to the shopping center, parking, and then walking to all the stores instead of driving to all of them. Maybe it's eating lower on the food chain for one meal a week. Um, maybe it's turning off the power strip to the TV when you're done watching it. Definitely, if all you have in your home are incandescent light bulbs, then that's your one thing. Change those. The CFL bulbs will pay for themselves within a few months, and incandescent technology is 170 years old, so it's time to get it out of there. But take some sort of action. Well, and I think that's a powerful way to end this show and every show of Go Green Radio because sometimes people feel inundated with information about every little thing they could be doing to go green, and, and it becomes overwhelming. But the message is, is perfectly on spot, Julie, and that is just pick one thing. Make one little change, and you'd be surprised, once that becomes habit, how easy it is to maybe pick another thing. But just start with one. Uh, don't eat the elephant all in one big gulp. Just make elephant burgers. Take one bite at a time, and, uh, and, and it's manageable. It's doable. Uh, 
Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us on Go Green Radio today. Good luck to you. And everybody, check out their website, uh, groundworkdenver.org. We're going to be back, same time, same place, with more Go Green Radio next week. So we'll talk to you then. And until then, have a great week. Get some terrific ideas from today's show. Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.